Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Today's guest is Esme Gummer again, who told us last time about how she overcame the odds with her inspiring story, putting mind over matter, going from being paralyzed, and this time, it's about how she took that moment and used it to compete amongst the world's very finest, the SAS. Over to Esme. When people ask me, why do you run marathons and, and run up mountains and go on things like SAS and climb Kilimanjaro and do all these stupid races like run across a desert and things like that, it is sim- as simple as this. If you can say yes to something, then say yes. Because one day you will have to say no. And it could be because of your age. It could be because of your physical state. It could be because of an illness. It could be because of financial reasons. It could be circumstance. It could be your location. One day, someone's going to say to me, Esme, do you want to do this? And I'm going to have to say no. Not want to. I'm going to have to say no. But right now, if someone said to me, Esme, do you want to go and climb Kilimanjaro tomorrow? If I can say yes, because I physically can do it, I financially can do it, I mentally can do it, I circumstantially can do it. If all these things I can say yes to, why would I say no? You must be delighted that your friends aren't in the pub with you all the time at the moment because they must try and take this attitude to the extreme. <laughs> but what I mean is it's not, this isn't a case of like the cheesy sort of yes man. You know that movie, which was yes man, yeah, where yeah. he just said yes to everything. But some of the things he said yes to actually... Not that we would ever criticise Jim Carrey, but hey. He's a legend, but they had a negative impact on him in the end. That was the whole moral of the story. Yeah. But when it comes to Esme, do you want to go and swim around the whole UK? no. I just don't. Like, I can do it, but I actually don't want to do it. But the difference is there are people out there and and every day that are like, I want to do it, but I can't because I'm not fit enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough or I'm not this. I'm like, yeah, you can. We'll cross that bridge when you get to it. If any of you said to me right now and you physically can walk and run and said, I could never run a marathon, I will tell you, I will tell you, you can. You might not enjoy it, You might have moments where it really hurts. You might have moments where you feel really, really, really defeated, but you can do it. I have gone to the depths of pain physically and emotionally to get through every one of those challenges. And that's the difference is if you've got the opportunity to do something and you can do it, all I ask is you say yeah, because if it doesn't work out, you only end up where you are now. (laughs) What do you find harder, the physical or the mental challenges? It's uh, 100% the mental challenges. Please don't, for one minute, think I'm sitting here saying like, oh, it's easy, it's this. But I promise you, you can physically do things. The thing that stops you is your mindset. And in SAS, the people that went home first and the people that quit were probably physically the strongest, but mentally the weakest. And I promise you that. I was physically 
um, one of the weaker ones. And um, purely because I was five foot one, I weighed about 50 kilos and I was carrying 23 kilos on my back in comparison to James, who was six foot one, who weighed 100 kilos and had 23 kilos on his back. So when we talk physically, getting to the top of a mountain, holding that burden on our back, physically, James was always going to get there before me. Physically, he was going to get up there before me because he was I was carrying half my body weight, he was carrying 25% of his body weight. But mentally, I was able to get to the top because I wanted to get there and I, I mentally put that up there. You know, you mentioned earlier when you do your, um, you know, a lot of personal training, fitness, you consider yourself a mindset coach. I love that distinction. Give us some examples of how you motivate someone beyond obviously saying yes. Because I imagine, I mean, there's people in the audience, I'm sure, you know, myself as well, if I was being trained by you, you tell me to say yes, and I would tell you to F off. Sure, you get that a lot. But so, you know, beyond the obvious, the, you know, the minutiae of that in the moment, what are your practices? What are some of the things you do to help train a mindset around um, achieving more and just accomplishing a little bit more each time? So generally people exercise, we've been conditioned and we've grown in, in this world we're living in that you exercise to lose weight, gain muscle, get a six pack, drop a dress size, look good, right? Those are all my reasons usually, yeah, especially the dress. And that's what it is. But the funny thing about it is, is you don't do that. You don't lose weight. Your body, science does it. If you exercise and eat well, you'll lose weight. The science did that. Your body was designed to do that, right? And what I try and say to people is, you are going to lose weight if you follow my program. If that's what you want, you're going to lose So what we're going to do is we're going to park that. We're going to put that to the side because that's inevitable. And what we're going to do instead is we're going to think of some goals that you want out of your workout that's going to serve you outside of the gym. So it might be a promotion or the confidence to walk into a bar with your head up, not looking at the floor. Or it might be to walk into, um, you know, your boss's office and ask for a pay rise because you think you deserve it. Or it might be to become a parent or it might be all these things that might be to go on a dating app. OK, so based on that, we're going to set a program that's going to enable you to have confidence so it could be anything from you running on 10 kilometres on the treadmill, number 10, speed 10 on the treadmill. All right, we're going to work to get you to a 14. You do that. You get yourself to that 14. That's not science. You have put that number in front of you and you work and work and work to get there. So when you get there, you go, wow, I got myself to a 14. If I can get myself to a 14, I can maybe get myself to a 16. And then you work towards that. And then it starts translating to the outside of the gym where you go, if I can go from a 10 to a 14 to a 16 in speed, maybe that means that I can go from X in my life to Y in my life. How you act in your workout is how you're going to act outside your workout. I can tell a lot about a person from a one-minute plank. The way you act in a one-minute plank is most likely how you're going to act when life makes you feel the same sensation of a plank. Uncomfortable, overheated, stressed, annoyed, all those things. Are you the type of person that quits? Are you the type of person that drops your knees when I'm not looking? Are you the type of person that gives up too quickly? Are you the type of person that exaggerates the pain? And what I try and get people to do is translate that. So every time they're working out... 
I'm saying, what can you put in front of you? What is that goal that you really, really, really want outside this workout? Let's put it in front of you on that treadmill. Let's put it in front of you when you choose the weight size. Let's put it in front of you when you go to put the weight down and you carry on. Let's put it in front of you when you've got 10 seconds to the end of the minute and you carry on going. By doing that, it completely just changes the way people then respond to pain. And I'm talking about life pain. You know, if you can equip yourself in a workout to go through a physical pain, you can equip yourself to go through life pain. It is really interesting. It reminds me a little bit of, we do a lot of uh, of work in, in our newsletters as well, like researching things like habits, which obviously, you know, the more healthy habits you have, the more likely you are to be healthy. You know, one of the really deep insights around habit formation is less about setting near-term goals and more about trying to love the system, trying to enjoy the process. And so it's about how you can apply these things to your daily life and make sure that you are moving the right way, because otherwise each time you hit that goal, you'll get that sort of dopamine hit and then sort of start reverting back to old you anyway. And that's the thing. It's strange because I was having the same conversation today about, um, it was about weight loss again. It was... If you took two people and person number one wanted weight loss and that was their pure goal, I want weight loss, and you put them on a six-month program for weight loss and they get to the end of the six months and they lose the weight. And if you took another person and you put them on the same program, at the end of the six months, right, they're both going to lose the weight. But if the second person's goal was, I want to feel more confident, secure, have self-love, feel happier, less anxiety, sleep better... The two people are going to get to the same endpoint, but the person number one has just lost weight, but they're still unhappy with themselves, anxious, not sleeping well, not no self love. But the person number two has lost the weight and has gained all of these life skills as well and enjoyed the experience mm. to get there. Which one would you rather choose? It's interesting, you know. As you were saying, it reminded me of one of my favourite quotes. Um, I don't know if you've heard this one, but it's uh, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got which I think is just brilliant, as in you've got to make some kind of systematic change in your mindset to change the past to become a different future. Exactly. And it's the, it's the same as, you know, the lesson will always repeat itself until it's learned. And, and it's not just with weight loss, people who yo-yo with life goals, they, they get there and then they hold onto it and then they drop back and then they get there, they hold onto it and they drop back. And it's because the lesson will keep repeating itself until you learn. You will never be happy until you find happiness in the journey, like you said. It's not the end goal. It's about how can you have a goal, but then how can you grow while getting to your goal? Because your goal might not come for years and years and years. What are you going to do? Spend years being unhappy just to get to that goal or spend years learning and growing and feeling good about yourself and then getting the goal as well. It's like double, like double prize, isn't it? Having overcome the challenges you have, um, how do you now set future goals for yourself? It's funny because I did used to be very much in that headspace of like bucket list, like I want to run a marathon, climb Kilimanjaro, you know, everything I've done kind of looks quite bucket listy, I suppose. People always say to me, oh, what's next? What's next? For me, it's about anything that makes me feel happy and makes me feel good and makes me feel whole. For me, my goal setting comes from, it, it comes definitely from passion and what sets my soul on fire. And I only say this because the amount of people that say to me, I want to run a marathon, and I'm like, but you don't like running. And they're like, yeah, but I want to run a marathon. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because people run marathons. It's something to do before you die and you get a medal. And I'm like, yeah, but you hate running. Why don't we choose something? What do you like? They're like, oh, I like swimming. I'm like, well, why don't you do a swimming competition then? That's why I say now, 
I stop setting my goals based on what was expected to be done on the bucket list or before you die and started setting my goals on what truly sets my soul on fire. And what I'm planning to do next is, yeah, get that feeling again. I'm going to find whatever's out there next. I want to feel the feeling I felt when I stood on top of Kilimanjaro or the feeling I felt when I crossed the marathon finish line. In whatever form it comes in, uh, that's my goal is to find that feeling again in something. Love it. Okay, last question. What would you say to younger you? I would love to just say, just don't worry. I would love to teach younger me about trust and patience. I think they're the two, the two biggest, biggest skills that you could have. Is uh, And I learned about it a lot this year to do with obviously COVID, but also with other things I was going through. To just trust that things are going to happen how they happen and to have patience that what you want will come when it's meant to come. There's things in my life that I really want, but they're maybe not meant to happen for another 10 years because it won't make sense now. My message with wellness and exercise, I've been speaking about it for 10 years, but it wasn't cool five years ago. Five years ago when I was in London at One Rebel, mental health wasn't sexy and cool. People didn't want to talk about mental health. They wanted to go to the gym and get a six pack. I had to be patient. And now people are listening and they're open to what I'm saying. It wouldn't have worked five years ago if I forced it. So I had to wait five years and it's the same with other things. So yeah, to my younger self, just don't worry, just accept what's happening. And also good or bad things that happen to you are going to happen no matter what. So the best thing you can do is just let them pass, take them in, learn, grow, enjoy or not enjoy and then let them pass. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. Did you know Heights started as a newsletter that I've written every week for years? I'm still doing it and I'd love it to reach your inbox too. So for weekly science-backed emails on the best ways to take care of your most important organ all in under three minutes, sign up at yourheights.com forward slash Sundays. See you next week.